G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As a parent, you're often more acutely aware of what our children are viewing on television or at the cinema and what is streaming online. And with a more finely tuned antenna for what is suitable for your family, you're concerned about how the latest films fit with your Christian values. Well, my next guest has been at the forefront of movie reviews for the best part of four decades. Well respected and with a huge following all around the world. Many parents appreciate a biblical perspective helping to inform judgments about the latest entertainment products and whether they're suitable for your family. Dr. Ted Bear is founder of Good News Communications Inc. Movie Guide and the Christian Film and Television Commission Ministry in the United States. He's an internationally renowned speaker, lecturer, media scholar, film critic and educator. A special welcome along to 2020 to you, Dr. Ted Bear. Oh, it's great to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Ted, what time of day is it there, by the way? <laughs> well, here it's uh, late morning. So uh, for you, this is okay. early afternoon. Is that the case? Yeah, it's about four in the afternoon. And, okay. Uh, that's a good time. Ted, if we're going to shape the culture for our own family, for our city, even for our nation, we need to be mindful of the content on our screens, don't we? We do. And, you know, I have a long history in Hollywood. My parents were stars in the 1920s and 30s. My father starred in 62 movies. I was not a Christian. My mother died when I was young. I went off the deep end. And uh, when I was in my late 20s, four women who'd come to Christ with Billy Graham uh, helped lead me to Christ by getting me and forcing me and cajoling me to read the Bible. And then I went off to an Episcopal cemetery, seminary, excuse me, and uh, we had the rights to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobes of C.S. Lewis. A friend of mine has just made a new movie about C.S. Lewis, and we put, uh, made a movie. And it was on CBS, and it got 37 million viewers. And I said, you know, I know how to do that. But let's see if we can redeem the media. And I found out that during the golden age of Hollywood, when Mr. Smith went to Washington, it was a wonderful life. And the bells of St. Mary, that the church was the dominant influence. The church had the Protestant Film Office and the Roman Catholic Legion of Decency and the Baptist Film Office, and they all collapsed in the 60s. And the head of Paramount Pictures said, if you're going to leave, take the salt for the meat, we're going to rot. And from 1965, when the church film office closed, to 1968, it went from 100% full family films to 82% R-rated films. The box office collapsed from 44 million a week to 23 million a week, 17 million a week, excuse me, and it never recovered really. Uh, so, you know, part of the problem is that we retreat from the mission field. So um, every single child is part of the mission field 
And of course, everybody in Hollywood is part of the mission field. And when I started, people in the church said, "You can't go to Hollywood." I said, "Sure, I can. I grew up in, <laughs> I grew up in the industry." But my son, who lives in Tasmania, and a beautiful on top of a mountain, and as a wonderful Christian hostel, uh, had been a missionary in Papua New Guinea. So I said, "I can be a missionary anywhere. Hollywood's a good place as any." And so we've seen tremendous changes. But the key to all of that is you and everybody in your family choosing the good and rejecting the bad. So how to choose the good and reject the bad gives you this opportunity to say, this is my mission. It's Hollywood. And over these last three and a half decades, uh, you've reached out and there's been more than 40 million people uh, who've regularly accessing Movie Guide. Do you know if there's a, a following in Australia? Do you keep any numbers? We do have numbers, and I don't keep those numbers, but it's uh, quite a good group because I ask for people to sign declarations to your copyright office uh, and send them to me, and I got a flood of them, and we sent them into the uh, trademark copyright IP office, and they renewed our trademark, which they weren't going to do because they said Movie Guide is such a generic term, and then lots of Australians came forward and said, we love Movie Guide, and we don't know anything else that helps us. You know, we don't um, put thumbs up or thumbs down. We're not simplistic. We look at movies. We analyze them in terms of the stages of development of children. We look at 150 criteria, and then we let you be the judge. You look at the movie. Here's what's in it. You decide. And quite often, I'll be on a radio program or whatever, and the person will say, my daughter wanted to go to this movie because all her friends go going. And she looked at the review. We don't tell them to go or not go. And she said, I don't want to see that. So we're interested in helping people develop discernment and especially helping kids to develop discernment. So when they grow up, they will have a discerning view toward what they watch. They won't abandon that. Ted, when one of our listeners today goes to the Movie Guide website and uh, there's a whole lot of movies there, all the movies in fact, uh, what does a typical review look like? Well, the review does several things. We, we look at the quality of the movie and, you know, we've been evaluating that for a long time. And actually the, the star system that we have... Uh, when it's got four stars, it'll usually succeed at the box office. And we do that for many reasons. Uh, you know, I have friends who are Christians who grew up in families who told them not to go to movies. And they went to movies and found out they were terrific and thought their parents, you know, were, you know, leading them astray. Uh, so we try to tell them, yes, this movie is of very high quality. I'll pick one in the past, like The Godfather or whatever, because it's so long ago. But then we look at the, you know, the morality of it. We look at the Christian values. We look at the biblical values. We explain the ontology, which is the nature of being, because as Christians, we believe that we live in a real world, not just an imaginary world where you can do anything you want, uh, or not just a materialistic world, but it doesn't matter what you do. And so we look at all these different criteria to help you decide, this is something I want to see. And then it's much deeper. So the acceptability rating can go from plus four uh, for pristine. So that we just I just edited a review for God's Not Dead, the fourth one, as if we needed a fourth one. And it was plus three. 
And then we look at the, you know, we go down to minus four, which is pretty awful. And uh, those make our sort of uh, terrible rotten tomato list, uh, rotten banana list for the year. So we give out awards for movies with the best content. And we've seen the number of movies with best content increasing. I was shocked last year because I expected with the shift to streaming, um, the bad movies would start doing better. But then we found out that 90% of the top movies on streaming were movies with Christian faith and values. And people were still choosing the good. And I think, uh, you know, I can't take credit for that. It's only God that can take credit. But I think people want to choose the good. I do a lot of research in this area. And we're happy that people do choose the good because it helps us. And we get calls from Netflix. They hired somebody to do a Christian division. We get calls from Sony. We get calls from other studios. Today, we got a call from Disney. And they want to try to reach the 43 million people that we reach or the 125 million people who go to church every week in the United States of America. As you say, it is something of a surprise, isn't it? That there is a moral criteria that ordinary people are looking for And that's a determinant of how successful a film is going to be at the box office. And so when we talk about how the culture is shaped here, as you say, you've got these calls coming in from Disney and and from film studios saying, uh, asking your advice almost on how they might present their films. Uh, That no doubt is a, a put you in a pretty powerful position, Ted. It's a wonderful position because we uh, we work with studio heads and I just had a uh, retreat for our How to Succeed in Hollywood class and the head of one of the biggest studios came and presented one of his movies and uh, another head of Legendary Pictures that just did Dune came and he said we wanted to be the next uh, Lord of the Rings and these people understand they need that audience. Um, there are a lot of little films I just want to reach the edgy audience. And the press is probably the difficulty in this whole thing. If you want to fly in the ointment, and and a friend was just talking to me about, uh, you know, the fires in California. And, of course, you've had tremendous fire. But I said the worst fire in California was in the 1800s, and it swept from San Francisco to the Rockies. But if you're in the news media, because I was the head of a department at Berkeley, I taught that. If I was head of a department at City University of New York, gigantic university, and I said, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. If it's the news, it can't just be a fire. It's got to be the biggest fire. It can't just be an earthquake. It's got to be the biggest earthquake. It can't just be a shark. It's got to be the biggest shark. So, you know, there's a, there's a matter of of saying this is the worst that we've ever had when it's not the worst that we've ever had. And certainly um, you can make a lot of analogies and I won't go there because everybody who's listening to us can uh, draw their own conclusions by looking at the news and then looking at the reality of what's going on. Uh, So we have uh, a disconnect between the news and the media. They're always uh, between movies and the news because the news is quite often choosing to promote the bad but the bad, bad doesn't do well. I mean, people often, there's a lot of studies from Variety, which is a big trade magazine for Hollywood, that once a movie, for instance, receives an Academy Award, it does worse at the box office because people say, Ugh, I don't want to see a movie about bestiality. I don't want to see a movie about, you know, um, whatever perversion that's going on for the latest, you know, the latest situation. 
people go to family films and uh, those films do better Frit, i was shocked this this spring we we give out a prize for scripts and two years ago one of our uh, finalists came in number two they're read by the studio heads because they're always looking. It came out as a movie. I went to the movie. I said, this reminds me of a script. It was a script that we gave the prize to. And I contacted the, the writer and director, Brian Bow, and uh, said, congratulations. He said, well, we got money more. So we launched people's careers. Then the next week, I looked at another movie. And I said, wow, look at the name on here. This guy took my class in 2015. And I found out when I called him, when I finally connected with him, not only did he make the most popular movie on Netflix for nine weeks, a family film called Blue Miracle, but now he was the head of the production division of a big studio. So I'm very happy that we can make a difference. A powerful thought that the worst movies might get the highest profile because they need the biggest promotion to, in fact, get a following. But it's those movies that have a level of morality along the lines of what we're talking about as a Christian morality that are actually getting the big box office success. You mentioned awards. Ted, each year you host the Faith and Values Awards in Beverly Hills in California. Was that upset uh, last year and this year because of COVID? Uh, no, we did it last year, of course, uh, uh, virtually, as they say. Uh, we got more interviews. We got wonderful friends like Dolly Parton saying, am I going to get an award? So people wanted an award. Uh, we put it on television. We got a big audience. Uh, we put it on, uh, you know, then provided it to the movie guy viewers and got a tremendous audience. And what we look at there is movies, uh, you know, that'll improve, that'll inspire you to have a better family life. Those are family films, movies that will inspire you to have a better individual life. Those are mature audience films, movies that will inspire you to have a, a better faith and values in your country, and the movies that inspire you to have a, a better spiritual life. So we look at them in terms of criteria uh, that people really want. They want to have a better life. They want to have a better family. And there's some great movies that won uh, last year and every year there's some wonderful movies that win and I'm I'm surprised by it if I if I gave you a little quiz Neil uh, I hope you wouldn't be upset but you know if I asked you if there was a movie um, you know about uh, uh, kids going to a school where the teacher was trying to undermine and steal the authority of their parents and, and convince the kids that their parents were wrong. And so two little kids joined them to spy on the teacher and to uh, expose the evil so they could stop it. Do you think that's a Hollywood film or an independent Christian film? Mm, sounds like an independent Christian film to me. Yeah, it was a big Hollywood film called <laughs> Boss Baby 2. Hey, I could do yes. this with you. All right. With, with three three films, you know, like another one. If I told you it was about a father whose son is just wrapped up in games and the son gets trapped in the center of the game and he has to go in and save his son from the game and his son realizes that he should be outside with his father. Again, that sounds like a nice Christian film, but it was one of the big Warner Brothers films. So uh, those films are out there, and you can find them at movieguide.org. Now, you give awards for the best 
family audiences, the best films for mature audiences. I'm interested because you also give some substantial prizes, Ted. The Kairos Prize, a $50,000 prize for spiritually uplifting screenplays, uh, beginning with the very first-time screenwriters. Then there's the Epiphany Prize, a $100,000 prize for the most inspiring film and television program. These are substantial prizes. Are you getting people attracted to the idea that there may be some prize money for doing the best films? Well, we do. And I, I think that's more for the, uh, for, you know, the people out there to come and, and be interested in it. Uh, the Hollywood people I show every week. I mean, when I'm giving my class on how to succeed in Hollywood, it's like, uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney because she didn't think that the $20 million she made on Black Widow was enough. They make egregiously large salaries. And I grew up with that with my father in the entertainment industry. And so I understand why and where and when and how. Uh, but for producers, writers, and directors, for instance, I had the head of Disney who came a couple of years in a row and like... Uh, you know, in an innocent way, I said to him, why do you come to the Movie Guide Awards? And he said, because I can't get an Academy Award for one of our big films like Lion King, which has uh, Great Is Thy Faithfulness as the turning point, the hymn in the movie. Or, you know, there are a lot of those movies that are prodigal sun stories, like Andrew Stanton, who's a, one of the heads of Pixar, came. And I said, why did you do Finding Nemo? He said, because I was trying to explain to my son the story of the prodigal son. So here the son is a prodigal son, but the father goes after him. And then he's got Jonah and the whale and everything else in there. So it's quite interesting that they think they can't get an Academy Award because the Academy Awards are given to sort of edgy, sexually charged films. Uh, but they can get a movie got award, so they come to our event. You need to come to our event. If you can get over from Australia and they open up a little bit, come and come and join us. Well, you never know. I might have to talk to uh, some of the chiefs upstairs. Hey, Ted, you re- you present a report to the entertainment industry each year, and uh, as I understand it, uh, one of the highlights that you conclude your report with is that you list the 20 most unbearable movies of the past year. So while we're talking about how you choose a good movie, you're also identifying the unbearable ones. And the unbearable ones do not do well at the box office. And I have to uh, tell you that it always surprises me that if you look at the top 10, or last year, if you looked at the top 25, there were no films with... um, you know, extreme uh, aberrant sex in them. There were no films. I'm trying to say that in a very gentle way. But none of those films that would sort of appeal to the to the zeitgeist of our time uh, make it into the top 25 movies. People just do not want those films. And year after year after year, the top films are extremely moral uh, and extremely Christian or moral and and Christian or Christian. So it's a, it's a very interesting phenomena. And we look at every movie. We look at 100% of the movies that open in 250 theaters or more. We look at the big streaming movies. Uh, we, we do the analysis. We don't just 
look at the uh, foul language. That's part of it, but that's not the main part. I, I think there are many more important aspects of it than just foul language. And if you had to ask me about that, because I've been teaching cognitive development theory, media literacy, and theology for a long time, I'd say the most important element in a movie is the ontology of the movie. Wonderful insights, Dr. Ted Bear. And as you say, there's a substantial following for Movie Guide here in Australia because you've proven that because you had to renew those copyright trademarks for your Movie Guide uh, image. So movieguide.org is how you can connect with Movie Guide. Access to reviews of every movie you might be able to think of. Ted Bear is founder of the Good News Communications Inc. Movie Guide and the Christian Film and Television Commission Ministry in the United States. If you're an aspiring filmmaker, you might be interested in some of those awards we were talking about. Here's how you connect with Movie Guide. Movieguide.org Org. Dr. Ted Bear, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.